In this episode, we discuss emerging trends in design, finding where you fit in, and staying ahead of the curve. Welcome to Colored by Design. This discussion series looks at design issues through a uniquely biased lens. Our hope is to empower a new breed of creative as they enter into, mature, and navigate through the business world. I'm Corwin, Senior Global Creative Director. And I'm Jesse, Senior Experience Designer. Let's get into it. All right, good to see you, sir. Good afternoon, Mr. Stone. How are you? Marvelous, marvelous, marvelous. So it's been a good week, learning a lot, seeing a lot. Um, yeah. Where do you want to start? Let's start with uh, new trends in design. New trends in design. Yeah. Okay. Um, so new trends in design. One of the things I brought this to Jesse's attention before we got started here, and I said to myself, I've been uh, coming across, you know, obviously trying to stay up to speed on what's what in the mm -hmm. design industry. Yeah. And I came across some talks that were starting to talk about this concept of uh, growth. Yeah. And I thought it was like growth hacking. Growth hacking, like at Facebook back in the day, doing nefarious things to exactly. get users. But even you do that, you know, in a product world, right? Little yeah. short projects to try to, you know, infuse growth to even as a testing mechanism. You can, yeah. you know, come up with a new product feature function or a new idea on the marketing side, a guerrilla campaign, some sort of tactic. Yeah. You power it into the marketplace to see if it's going to start driving results for you and you know, you build and iterate off that. Yeah. Um, but there was this new bit that came up and it started talking about, you know, growth as it relates to the design discipline. Mm -hmm. And really one of the, uh, I, I was watching a talk from one of the uh, product designers at, at Pinterest mm -hmm. and she kind of, kind of used her definition of what growth means for her and her team. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like focusing on growing the business. Yeah. So not just having feature adoption and engagement, but really what do you do with your users once they adopt your feature function, mm -hmm. when they're in your organization, how do you nurture them and put them right. on more of a, right. a track to become more engaged users and then advocates yeah. and all like that. So it's like a deepening or acquisition, acquisitions and then deepening kind of that relationship. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which in large part is really a discipline that you primarily see inside of a marketing organization. Right. Or product right? management even. Exactly. It's yeah. like, so you come in and you say, okay, hey, I'm going to put this campaign out there. And if those individuals that come take this certain action, which typically is like a request more information yeah. or I want to call and talk to a sales rep or yeah. whatever, yeah. then they go down a certain customer journey, a certain track. Yeah. And then if they're like, uh, I'm interested, I've engaged with you, but I haven't said that I want to call and learn more. Yeah. Then you put them on a slightly different track, which is usually called like a nurture track. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll send them emails mm -hmm. if you were able to capture their information. Yep. It's a whole different service journey. Whole different journey, right? Yeah. So I, I was curious to hear this kind of terminology being used inside the context of product design right. for user experiences, right? which I think makes perfect sense. Yeah. But I was like, okay, you guys are starting to confuse me because I'm starting to hear all these terms. Yeah. And they're being used, I think, in a very, very well-intended way. Mm -hmm. But how are designers supposed to keep up with all this stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so much that's being added to a designer's plate, I think, on a daily basis. And I've been in the game for, you know, five, six years. And even I've seen it change kind of dramatically in the span of time that I've been here with different focuses on, like, service design uh, as a new thing not new, but new with a, a focus for designers to, to be wanting to do. Right. Uh, even this idea of business design, um, which is essentially working at the onset of a business idea. An idea for a business is not yet a business model. And so business right. design is the practice of understanding all the inputs and outputs of a business and, and kind of 
formulating that into a business model or business model canvassing is something that a lot of startups will do in order to better understand their business and the particulars of the business. But designers have found a way to insert ourselves into that process as well, which is really interesting because um, we've spoken of this idea of this diamond shape of maturity where back in the day, 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 (laughs) <laughs> You'd have like webmasters, yep. right? Yep. Um, which is one person who was doing everything. Mm-hmm. And then as the discipline matured, you had different people who specialized in different aspects of being a webmaster. Or maybe you're really good at graphics or you are more interested in the code, uh, right? So those things kind of diverged. And then over time, as people got good at individual things, they came back together. One person could get good at all those things and then come back together into one person. Right. Um, and so I think over the history of the designer, you'll see that kind of ebb and flow and that kind of um, spread out and then kind of refocus back in. Right. But it can put so much on your plate. It's almost like, how do you know where you want to focus? Because right. it's impossible. Well, maybe that impossible. But if you spend time in one area, that's time that you cannot spend in another area. Right. So how do you determine where you're interested in or where you need to focus? Um, as we kind of expand the purview of design. Yeah, and I think as we, we look at it, you know, there's, there's some great articles written in like Fast Company and Eek Magazine and things mm-hmm. like that that talk about the jobs that won't be here in 10 years or mm-hmm. the jobs that won't be here in five years. And what it requires is it requires us to always kind of reinvent ourselves yeah. and, and, and kind of, you know, learn new skills to stay relevant in, yeah. your, in your craft. And I think it's interesting the world that you're working in now, this conversational intelligence and, mm-hmm. you know, voice input and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You're starting to see that some of the folks that started, you know, this technology with what, what's the systems, the phone dial? And yeah, the IVR. The IVR, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, men and women that were, were proficient in that, that skill set yep. back, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Yep. Their, their skills are starting to come back mm-hmm. into relevance, yep. you know? But, and, and, and then as a designer, it's almost like, okay, you're expected to play ball mm-hmm. in all these different arenas, courts, stadiums. Yeah. But how are you expected to stay proficient? Because you had to really decide and make a decision, a conscious decision yeah. to specialize in yeah. machine learning, artificial intelligence, voice, yeah. and all that yeah. to become proficient there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I'll go out on a limb. Like you said, you don't have the, the time to spend on the other things now. Mm-hmm. So it puts you at a disadvantage in in one regard, but it makes you a specialist and tremendously valuable in another regard. Yeah, totally. We always talk about this concept of the T-shaped designer, um, which is you have competency and a wide range of skills, but you're really good at one. And then, you know, we always want to say like, oh, two or three, you know. But the idea is that the T, the the top bar of the T can only be so deep. It can't be super deep or else it's not a T anymore. And to your point, I'm now focused on AI systems and designing for distributed platforms um, and conversation design more broadly or more specifically rather. And that has meant that I don't get to spend as much time doing visual design or motion design, which at the time that you and I were working together was what I was really interested in and I'm still very passionate about. But this new endeavor has required a lot of my attention. And so I've decided to really go deep on this as an area that I can provide value immediately to the organization that I'm a part of. Um, And so as designers, we have more and more kind of things in our purview. Um, How do we decide where it's important for us to specialize? Part of that is our own personal kind of journey and, and development. But part of it too should be understanding what your organization needs of you Um, because none of us are doing this for free. We all want to get paid 
and ostensibly we want to get paid more over time and so you can do that by deciding what it is that you want to do and then just going after it and finding the right place uh, that needs that skill or you can decide to find the right place that you want to work for and figure out what they need for you know if you can identify a deficiency in the organization and say I'm going to go after that and go deep in that way um, I think there's a couple of different approaches to that so let's talk about that because that's a good tangent because a lot of um, I had this conversation with another <clears throat> um, you know uh, director and, and a VP of design who's been in the game for a long time mm-hmm. and we were talking about this phenomena of where um, designers are coming onto the scene with mm-hmm. book smarts yeah. and, and, and new knowledge and they're trying to walk right into an organization and say, we need this here mm-hmm. and I'm going to be the provider of that thing and I'm going to drill down on it. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's interesting because in some organizations where I think where you're at, they're very proactive mm-hmm. in embracing design as a core um, differentiator and mm-hmm. discipline that's required for the future, you know, growth yeah. and, and competitiveness of your company. Yeah. Um, but other places aren't ready for that yet. Right. And they, and, 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 and I, this is going to sound crazy to some people, <laughs> some places don't need that. Right. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Um, so, um, you know, when we're, when we're coming to the, to the, to your job, um, as a, as a new, um, team member mm-hmm. and you have all this great insight that is very valuable and probably very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you, what would you advise these, these, these younger generation of designers, which is who we're ultimately talking to, mm-hmm. how would you advise them to come into that organization and not be frustrated, mm-hmm. but to add value, to understand the system and be able to understand how can I provide, uh, you know, inside of these four right. walls? Yeah. I think that has everything to do with the way that you approach the job from the outset and your mindset. Um, and to your point, you can come into an organization like, this is what I studied in school, this is what I want to do, and this is what I'm going to do in your organization. Right. Or you can come in with, I have this set of, sk- I have a special set of skills. And you can pick one, <laughs> and that's what I'll do. Like, I don't think that any of us, maybe we all, maybe some of us practice every single design skill that we have at our day job. <laughs> But by and large, I would say that you have a bunch of skills as a designer that you don't utilize day to day. Right. True. Why is that? Well, it's because they didn't need you to be an illustrator here. They needed you to do, you know, software visual design. Right. They didn't need you to be a cartoonist here. They needed you to do wireframing here. That's right. And so in that very same way, it's here's my toolbox. I've proven that I can do these four or five things very well in different places. What do you need from me? And being receptive to that information, um, and then saying, okay, I'll go deep on that. Now, it's also possible that they don't know where you can provide the most value to them. And right. I think that as you uh, mature as a designer, you can identify like areas in the company, not because of your ego or this is what you want to do, but right. I see a deficiency over here and I feel like I'm well equipped to address that. Um, often when you are in a more senior position, your director isn't necessarily telling you what to do. Sure. They hire you at that spot so that you can tell them, hey, I think we need to be over here and this is why. Right. And then if you can make that case to them, they're going to often say, great, go do that. Right. No, that's that's so, so huge. And I'm, I'm excited to see you. And I, Jesse's not a young man anymore. <laughs> Hey, um, I'm still out. Yeah, 27. Wait, yeah. Oh, you're still under 30. Okay. <laughs> top, top 30 under 30. Um, but he's very, you know, uh, wise in his young years. 
But you said something that is super, super important. Mm -hmm. You come into an organization, you have this wealth of information, knowledge and whatnot. And I, as a, as a, as a, as a leader, mm -hmm. it is part of my job to say, okay, what does my organization need? Mm -hmm. And then who amongst these team members that I have can fill that gap, add value, provide the assistant service, training, mm -hmm. nurturing, whatever we need. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's for, 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 for leadership to start saying, hey, I see you have these skills. Yeah. I know you might really want to do other things, mm -hmm. but boy, we really need this role filled. We yep. really need this slot filled. Yep. And I'm talking to you because I see you're capable, well-equipped, and really have the good stuff that I need. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that I think is the difference between... Um, it, it's, I guess, I guess maturity in an employee mm -hmm. and immaturity and immaturity is not the right thing to say. Mm -hmm. Cause we all go to a job and say, I want to design, I want to work on this thing. Right. But it's like, you know what you might, we might already have somebody there, Yep. you know? And, and uh, we were talking about music and we we're talking about, you know, how Alicia Keys came into the marketplace and mm -hmm. just really just was like, there was no other Alicia Keys yep. anywhere. Yep. So that's why she could come into the market and dominate. Mm -hmm. At the time, Mariah Carey, when she came out back in the day, mm -hmm. there was no other room for a, or there was no other amazing white female soul singer. Yeah. She came in and crushed it. Yeah. Even though there were a lot of other R&B soul singers, she mm -hmm. was a novelty. She yeah. dropped in and filled that void and just killed it, right? Yeah. And same in your design organization or same in your corporate organization, you might very well have a bunch of skills. Mm -hmm. And if you come in and say, I'm an open book, yep. here are all my chapters and verses, use me as needed, read, take from me whatever pieces will help this organism mature, grow, and be the best it can be, mm -hmm. versus, hey, I'm gonna read this to you page by page. Yep. It's like, I don't need page by page sometimes. Yeah. You know, and I think as a young designer or a younger designer or a new designer changing careers, second career, getting into this business, mm -hmm. know that when you come onto my team, I hire you because you're great. Yep. I hire you because you can do. Mm -hmm. I hire you because you're smart in whatever ways I might see value. Mm -hmm. But then once we're in here working together, the business is going to change. Mm -hmm. The needs of the company or the group or the client is going to change. Yep. And I can't go out and hire a new a new thingy person to come in and do this thing. Right. I need you to do this thing. Yeah. And it might not be what you love to do, but Hey, that's part of what being on a team is really all about. Yeah. You know, that's really interesting. And I think that to your music point there, there may not be very many Mariah Carey's or, or Alicia Keys's, but that's okay. You know, right now there's a lot of trap rappers. Yeah. It's going to be much harder to differentiate as a trap rapper today's game right. than it might have been 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Right. And similarly, there might be a lot of X designer. At, you know, there might be a lot of visual designers at your program. There might be a lot of really great interaction designers. I will flip it because a lot of people are really focused on being in the strategy piece and, and being really high level thinkers and want to decide where you go organizationally. And right. all that work is important. But you know what's just as important that we lose sight of is actually the pixel execution. Yeah. People really discount the importance of the actual execution of the thing that you're talking about doing. Yep. And you can have the best strategy in the world uh, and then completely flop on the execution and it doesn't matter. Now, sometimes, I mean, like we said before, there's plenty of products out there that make tons of money that look horrible. Right. But that's, I don't want to say it's the exception because there's a lot of them, but that's because they're solving a different type of problem. But from a design perspective, you can have the best strategy in the world. You can pitch the best campaign to a client in the world. Right. And then if you fail on the execution, 
that idea doesn't matter. Right. And why does it not matter anymore? It used to, it, it's getting to where it, it, it used to not matter, mm-hmm. right? But now it's becoming more and more important. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because the world is being educated. Mm-hmm. It started with Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It started with Apple. Mm-hmm. It started with, you name it, awesome car. Mm-hmm. Leather seats, AM, FM radio, yeah. CD player, yeah. car phone built in. Yeah. We are getting used to good design. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that still have bad tastes mm-hmm. and take it from anybody <laughs> that drives a purple, gold, metallic, Ikea, <laughs> PT whatever. PT Cruiser. PT Cruiser is like, whoo, good Lord. Hopefully you need it for your business because that is ugly. No diss to people. No diss. Complete diss to people that drive <laughs> gold PT Cruiser. Yeah, get a different car. Get a different Cruiser. car. Come on now. Um, but so people still do have, quote unquote, bad taste. Mm-hmm. And, and, and designers are people that are trying to help make your life easier, more uh, functional in the ways you need it to function Mm -hmm. and help technology kind of disappear and go into the background Mm -hmm. and and help facilitate what you need to do on the day to day. Mm -hmm. Right. Where I heard this guy say today on this other talk I was listening to how he was like, you know, uh, the concept of a pain point. Uh, if you remove all the pain from a, somebody's experience, then they don't learn anymore. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, I guess he's right because you know we are a culture that is reading less and less and less. Mm-hmm. Our world has become a soundbite. Everything from yeah. Twitter to Instagram to YouTube to Facebook to all that jazz, yeah. TV even. Yeah. Um, so that is sad, and he is right in that regard. But at the same time, as a, as a technology, um, as a product designer, as a um, you know language systems designer, as a as a as a you know you know you know, information architect, whatever your discipline is, mm-hmm. your job is to try to simplify this stuff. These complex, these complex concepts and content structures and all this stuff, simplify it so that people don't have to fight as hard mm-hmm. to, to, to work and, and operate in our, in our technology driven world today. Yeah. That's one of the great things about being a designer is you have to stay on the edge. Uh, and to your point about the world becoming educated, there's always two kind of great pieces of, of content that I think of when you say that. One is the Louis C.K. joke where he's talking about people who are impatient with the Wi-Fi on the plane mm. and all the different things that oh you have to look it up. Okay, but because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get the cadence right. The delivery <laughs> is is isn't is the joke. Okay. Um, but you know we have so many great things and layers and layers of technology that we rely on to fly. People take flying for granted. Oh my god! And then yes. we take the fact that we get Wi-Fi on the plane for granted, and we're mad that it's slow. Live streaming TV. Live streaming TV. Yeah. And, and Jeff Bezos has this thing where um, you, you're, always, you're always innovating up and to the right. You're getting better and better and better. But the mm. problem is the customer's expectations is also up and to the right. That's right. Faster than you are executing. Right. So as soon as you get some Amazon Prime, uh, it gets there in two days. And again, I think this is a bit. But it gets there you know, in two days, two or three times. The fourth time when it gets there on the third day, you're not like, oh, that's okay. I still got here within three. You're mad. Oh, yeah. Because it was a day late. Yeah. And so as designers, we have to be able to stay above and educated on what is, what is the best possible experience that I could deliver and what do I need to use in order to deliver that experience. Right. And so that's why I've gone deep in this organization on the machine learning aspect and trying to understand how that can influence the way that we serve uh, our members and um how that influences our products and services. And I think that, you know, as designers, we need to kind of remember what it was like to be um, technologists as well. Mm -hmm. Like the webmaster 
was understood a lot about the platform that they're building for right. and the technology that supports that platform. Uh, and I feel that as the kind of GUI driven um, software has gotten out there, I think people are, you're, you're abstracting away layers and layers. Like I don't use command line, but, right. but c computer people back in the day, you know, if you're a real computer nerd, you're in command line, you're in terminal on the early Macs and you're doing your thing. Yeah. I don't need to do that anymore because designers have made it easier for me to interact with that machine. That's right. But if we want to be able to continue to make it easier for the next people who come after us to interact with the technologies that are available to us, we have to understand them in order to be able to simplify them. Right. And was it you that said, um, was it you that said that, uh, was it Reed Hoffman that said that, no, it was my buddy. I have a friend of mine who's an educator at Stanford. Mm -hmm. And he, he, he said, we were talking about just like, you know, we're always talking about education because I'm always curious, what's Stanford doing? What's Stanford doing? <laughs> and Stanford's way out in front. I mean, yeah. they're out front like 50 years out in front. Yeah. You know, but think about it. They have to educate the smartest people in the world. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Yeah. And he was saying that, I guess, Reed Hoffman or somebody, I think it was Reed Hoffman, made a, a speech recently that said, hey, if you're 17, you know, 20, you're in college right now, computer science is great. Mm -hmm. But if you're seven, don't worry about it. Right. By the time you graduate and get out, we're going to have so many computer science majors and developers and all that, mm -hmm. but the world's going to have, it's going to have changed by then to mm -hmm. where, you know, building the, 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 the software builders of the future, um, it, it's going to be a different world. Yeah. It's going to probably start getting more into Tony Stark land. Yeah. You know what I mean? Than it is, you know, like I said, terminal and code and, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and hardcore programming and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, that'll always exist. Yeah. But I think as far as the builders go, it's going to become more of that kind of world. Yeah. You know, one of my friends that I truly just admire what they've done um, with a financial company, the way they're building software, it's a drag and drop interface. Mm -hmm. You know, they built this living component library and it's a it's this visual design language that literally uses um, a serverless kind of technology as well as APIs and middleware to really build everything they do. Mm -hmm. So they much they pretty much crack open you know, a, a stage and they start drawing components from their library of component types mm -hmm. on the stage, resize it, scale it, much like you would do in a PowerPoint doc yeah. or, or, or sketch yeah. or anything where there's a, a UI library or component library there. Yeah. And then they have another a view of this exact same interface and you can kind of view it on the back end of that and literally start bolting together your APIs. Yeah. What are the inputs and the outputs? Yep. And it's literally... They build it on the front end by hand, just like we would design anything else. Mm -hmm. They click another button. I think it's called, you know, conf configurator or something <laughs> like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And then you see the back end experience. It's like, oh, great. Just kind of, you know, flow diagram this thing together as mm -hmm. to how these components work. Yeah. And they're bolting in, you know, uh, financial systems. They're bolting in GDP uh, from, from other countries. They're mm -hmm. bolting in all these all these financially relevant API layers, different you know currency types and and trend analysis and patching mm -hmm. in news sources and all that to build these financial dashboards. Yeah, there's no code involved. Yeah, none. And they are building. They went from you know they have like 61 products and they knew that they couldn't build them all you know in an efficient, timely manner. So mm -hmm. now they're building like they're releasing like three products every you know every sprint or something stupid. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so the visual designers and the and the UX designers, the interaction designers are now serving the role of making sure that they are uh, articulating the needs of the client yeah. into the, 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 the experience that they create. Yeah. 
you know, and then those visual visual designers are really working to make sure that the components work right and are designed right, and mm-hmm. the system is 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 tight. Mm-hmm. And the engineering team is making sure that all the middleware layers are doing what they need to do. And mm-hmm. it's really fascinating where they've already gone. Yeah, you know, and then we see like you know UI starting to build web pages and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, based on preferences. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody involved. So I think you know to Reed Hoffman's comment, you know, it's like there's the the need for what we call product or engineering is going to change in, yeah. in, in some you know very near future yeah absolutely and we see this already happening you know the skills of designers as especially a, a component libraries like you kind of mentioned as they proliferate and they're required because as an enterprise if you have multiple products you want them to look and feel the same right and so it and it, easily be able to build them yes build exactly same, you know? yeah. and so it makes sense that you wouldn't have all these different kind of executions of that but that you'd have a system that you can use to build the products and so the focus of design is going to shift from visual execution to much more of a service-based kind of information architecture-esque interaction design-esque and again you know I don't think these skills are going to go away. I think they just get applied in different areas of the business. Yeah. And that's why we see something like business model or business designer popping up. That's why we see service designer popping up right. because they're thinking about different things. You know, a business designer is much like a management consultant might be, you know, you hire McKinsey and company to come in and tell you about your business process and, and, and lay it out for you so you can see this. These are your current processes. These are your inputs and these are your outputs. And this is how this works today. And here's how we might be able to optimize for tomorrow. Right. We need to cut, this is a redundancy here. Oh, we need to put checks here, balances here to ensure compliance with any government regulation or things like that. And so that the things that you're gonna need to be able to know as a designer are gonna continue to evolve over time. And I, I see this now um, being with a focus on AI design. Uh, I'm doing things that are much more like a traditional kind of product or or project manager might be doing mm. more of a product talking about what are the needs and what are the objectives and what are the desired outcomes and what do we need to change in order to be able to capture information effectively in order to plug that into those things. Right. Um, and so a service designer is not, you know, they're designing journey maps and service maps and, and showing there's always going to be the underlying structures of how business gets done. And that's right. why I think people are focusing there. I think those visual design and, and interaction design, um, traditional on, on the screen skills are always going to be important. But like you said, when we are in a world of AR and uh, assistance that you interact with via speech, um, the needs of, of designers and the skills of designers in that time, which isn't that far away, are going to be different. And so, yeah. you know, what do we do in order to make sure that we're prepared for that? Like you were saying earlier, as the, the, the skills kind of go in this diamond shape where you, you start with, with one and then they spread out into many and then they collapse back into one. Right. Um, there's, there's areas that you need to focus on when there's the many. Right. Um, that are going to you know, be more advantageous than others. Right. Because ultimately we, we do the job to make money. Right. And so you want to figure out what those most valuable skills are and specialize in those. Yeah. Um, and we have really interesting work happening around like competencies framework. Um, in our organization to try and understand where our strengths and weaknesses are. And the, the temptation as an individual is to say, I'm great at everything. Mm. <laughs> I'm a subject matter expert in everything. Right. Perfect circle. But the reality is that we only have so much time and you might, you might be a subject matter expert in one thing. Right. 
And that's okay. We have to understand that that's okay. That has to be communicated from leadership. That has to be communicated from your fellow designers. Like, hey, it, you shouldn't have more than one expert thing here. Right? <laughs> and that should be okay. Right. And, and that's what I was going to say. Number one, I think to put this in a nutshell, number one, I think we can safely say that the design industry definition needs requirements etc has just just ex- ex- expanded you know tremendously yeah um, it used to just be print mm-hmm. yep. you know it just used to be books and posters yep and then it started getting into advertisements then it extended out to the radio experience what they see there then television came along mm-hmm. and then we had the internet and movies and motion graphics and and then, the, you know, all the telephony services and mm-hmm. then here comes the web. Yep. And now here comes products that, yep. you know, true applications that happen. And now we've gotten into all these different device types. Yep. And here we are having this new frontier of artificial intelligence and voice machine learning and what's it, what it's powering. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the, the safe thing to say is the skill sets are expanding and are required. Yep. You don't have to be proficient in all of them. Nope. So don't be afraid of that. We need great design discipline across the landscape. Yep. Right? If Jesse is our, our, our you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, you know, voice input guy, great. I'm going to hire Chad to be our, <laughs> you know, our visual design dude to do this. And I'm going to hire Chelsea to be our interaction designer to do that. And I'm going to hire, you know, you know, you know, uh, you know, Ben to help us do the research on all that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like we all need all these different disciplines, mm-hmm. and, and they're all valuable. They're all valuable, and they're necessary, and they're and they're continuing to grow. So even at the beginning, we talked about this growth mm-hmm. piece. That's necessary too. Yep. You know, so parsing it out and continuing to extend and evolve it and splinter it into different um, disciplines is mm-hmm. is definitely necessary. So you're there's so much to do. Get in where you fit in. Yep. Find what you love and you're passionate about. Become as much of an expert on it as you can mm-hmm. and continue to grow and evolve and mature and learn and educate yourself. Yep. That, I think, is what's required for a designer today. And in the future. Absolutely. Man, I always enjoy our discussions. They are good. They are good. Thanks for listening. To stay up to date with all things colored by design, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. And we are looking forward to hearing from you. So please drop us a line and leave us a message. We really appreciate your feedback. Cheers.